All riches have their origin in mind. Wealth is in ideas, not money. Robert Collier. Hey, hustlers, welcome to the Hustle Show audio experience. Real, no filter conversations with successful entrepreneurs where we go over the harsh truth nobody told you about being an entrepreneur. And now, your host, Christian Ariola. Thank you so very much for being here on episode one of The Hassle Show, the very first one ever. I'm very grateful to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch it on our YouTube channel or if you're listening to our audio experience on our podcast, thank you so very much. I would really, really appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button and you subscribe to our show. That would mean the world to me. On today's episode, we have the amazing and very successful David Markovich from OnlineGeniuses.com. He's built an amazing and incredible community online. How he was able to grow a small Skype community from 200 people all the way to 20,000 people and now having meetups and conferences all around the country, just providing valuable content for online marketers, providing connections and allowing you to to create this amazing experience of, of this marketer's community. He's also gonna talk to us about how is he able to stay motivated, what is driving him to create this amazing communities, and some tips that you can apply right now to your business to keep pushing even harder than what you are right now. So without further ado, David Markovich. Welcome, David. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to have you here. You know, I'm very passionate about communities and I know you build this amazing entrepreneurial marketing community online with over 15,000 members. That's impressive. You know, I'm very impressed with you, with your story. And I know you have a real hustler story that I want to share to the world today. Just tell us a little bit. Uh, how did you get involved in this? How did it all start it? So with the community, like I've always been a community oriented person, whether it was like creating my own were attending others. So I got started off, I was in digital marketing, bounced around that industry for quite a while, creating some of my own tools, working for some tools, working for some companies, uh, doing consulting. And during that time, I was able to build up, you know, relationships with some phenomenal people. Naturally, when you meet good people, you want to put the good people that you know together. Because you're like, wow, I really enjoy this person. Now I think that other people I know might enjoy them. So I created a Skype group, put a lot of people I knew in there. The group got was really well engaged and the retention of the people participating and hanging around was pretty high. And then the referrals were growing as well. So people are part of the community. They were like, wow, this is great. Like, let me invite my friends. And we were based off Skype, kind of like what we're chatting off, which is not necessarily meant for communities. So we ended up switching platforms and, you know, we at the max, we had like 300 people. And I was like, oh, wow, we have the biggest community ever. And then now, like, we're getting close to 20,000 members when we actually put together, you know, like you said, events across the world. And we, it's, it's just based off giving, you know, like if we could give as much as we could give to the community, the community will give back. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I love I love the story of how you got started just because it was your true passion. I mean, because we've all seen it that when you go after the money, it never works out that way. So I love it that you got started because it was your true passion and something that you really enjoy doing and giving back to the community. When you back started this, do you have any doubts that, you know, that should have taken off or did you ever doubt yourself of should I do it or should I not do it? So uh, I'll bring up one point that you said before. It's like, hey, you didn't do it for the money. I can't even count on my hands and toes how many people told me to start charging members to the community. 
there's a tremendous amount of people like, hey, Dave, why don't you just start charging people to join your community? Like the demand is there. And I was like, I don't want, that's not the way I want to run my community. You know, I want the community to grow. And with time, you know, revenue will come in, but that shouldn't be my main focus. I had a lot of conversations because I also run a community of people who run communities. And I had a lot of conversations with people telling them, don't charge for your community. Build the community. If money is your main focus, you're going to feel when you're, when you're running a community. But there doesn't necessarily mean that all communities shouldn't charge. But at the beginning, in the first year or two, once you charge, you don't get that many new members. And the high quality people don't necessarily join because they're like, why should I pay? Like, I'm giving you a ton to this community. Why should I give you money also? Like, I'm going to be participating. I'm going to be referring my friends. I'm going to help with events. So, like, the, the people that, are, that want to be super engaged and want to participate highly in the community, they tend to not want to pay to be part of the community because they feel like they're giving enough. So, like, just to bring that point, and still to this day, we don't charge a penny for people to join the community. What we do is everyone's vetted. So we don't want, like, but that's more to protect the community. So, for example, we don't want, like, recruiters poking around because then there's somebody that's like, oh, hey, do you want me, do you want to work here? Do you want to work here? And, like, they're like, hey, this is the reason why we don't use LinkedIn. This is the reason why we left all those Facebook groups and so on and so forth. So how do you manage that? Do you have people in charge of just keeping an eye on the conversations or how are you keeping this people that is not reporting to your community as far as valuable content? How do you keep them away? It's not mandatory to participate. And I don't want people to participate because the rule is that 99% of people in a community won't participate at one or maybe 95% won't participate, 4% will passively participate and 1% will be like the power users. So the lurkers and the people that don't participate, the, the people that kind of hang around, they're fine. Like, I don't have a problem. The only time we have a problem is with the destructive community members. We're the ones that are like, hey, this is a great audience. Now let me try to push them to my agenda without offering value, without helping out, and so on and so forth. So like, hey, guys, sign up to my tool, sign up to my tool. And marketers are the worst. So this is the hardest community to run. We are the worst. It's not like it's a bowling community everyone's like oh you know marketers that's all we do is we try to get eyeballs and like they come in they see a tremendous amount of thousands of people and they're like oh this is perfect i can get them to use my service i can get them to use my software so those are the people the destructive ones are the people that ruin the community because they're not like they're they're passively participating or not participating they're hurting other members by ruining the community feel and you know making it an uncomfortable place for people to hang out so with those, we have like a team of 20 people with all different jobs. Well, a lot of them are moderators. And at 24-7, they moderate and they have the right to ban as they please. So they could come in, they could say, hey, you know, this person's been warned twice. They fill out a form and then the moderator who did that bans them, which happened a few hundred times already. Uh, unfortunately, like we used to do like three, four warnings and then we're like, hey, just people are not getting hit. Let's just kick them out. And we also have like a, a really strict code of conduct. Like we don't, you know, racism, sexism, bashing certain community, like certain maybe cities or countries. Like, oh, don't send work there. This place sucks. You know, like. Like, just don't try to make anyone feel bad. Like, we're all trying to have a good time. We're all going to try to get business. We're all going to try to learn. I actually signed up, so hopefully I get accepted in there. I have a marketing background, actually. You could, <laughs> you could, 
Yeah. You could have just emailed us directly. We're actually really backed up at the moment. So <laughs> okay. just, just shoot me an email and I'll uh, right. pass the line. <laughs> Sounds good. And okay, so looking back in time, I mean, when you first started this this adventure, you know, the Online Genesis community, how were the first six months? Were they hard? Were they not hard? Or, you know, what, what kind of struggles did you have at the beginning? So the first struggle was we were on one platform and I made the decision from moving to Skype to Slack. So we had an extremely active community on Skype, which is a platform that I know people are consistently using, whether or not they're using our community, they're on Skype, especially in our field, right? We're outsourcing work, we're partnering with other areas. Like Skype's like one of the best solutions. So Slack, a software that not that many people heard of at that time, now everyone's heard of it, but Slack was really unknown. It was another app they had to download. So I made an announcement that we're moving over to Slack and I didn't do that transmigration properly, right? So like I, so I messaged him like a week, we're going to be moving to Slack and we're going to be moving to Slack. I started P, like uh, DMing the power users, hey, we're moving to Slack. And then we moved. So basically we opened up our Slack and now there's 100 people on Slack, 300 in Skype. Everyone's confused. And both communities die. So we were like, I was like, whatever, at least I got 100 people to sign up to Slack. I had to just go back to the drawing board and say, like, hey, now both. And I was like, it's done. Like, this, that was a good experiment. But, like, I think I potentially just ruined something that was really powerful. So I, I basically said, okay, now I'm going to start marketing it as a marketing community for Slack. So I started marketing it, you know, through uh, other channels like Reddit and Quora and so on. And we started getting a new influx of people that ha haven't even heard about the Skype group. So we did the Skype group. They were kind of trickling in. And then we had all these new members. And slowly, slowly, I think like once I got to like 500 members on Slack and the engagement picked up and we were sending like a few thousand messages a week, I felt a little bit more comfortable. And then from there the Slack communities became a thing. So well, it was really easy for us to get new users. And then we started getting a lot of guests, you know, to do AMAs and events. And then I was like, okay, now we're back to having a community. So it, it was, it, listen, there was a lot of times I just wanted to throw in the towel and be like, okay, you know what? This is not working. I messed it up. It's not working. Like I, it wasn't making me any money. It was even like you looked at it with the microscope, it was losing me money because of all the time and time and resources I was putting into it and a lot of favors I had to call in to get like some guests and to help out. I, I was making money elsewhere, but I, I just really wanted to build it. So I kept on like, you know, trying, like spending a lot of time, whether it was like before I went to sleep or in the shower or like on the Uber to work thinking of like, okay, like how could I do this? Like, how could we actually make this work? Very cool. I like that. I like that a lot. When you say you were making money aside from this this venture, did you have a job or do you have another business running? What were you doing back then? So I was doing a lot of consulting. I also had some tools that I made to help marketers that was making money. I had like I, I was working a lot of commissions, making introductions to people that needed a product, to me vetting the vendors, seeing if it was a fit. So I had that. It's always been like a good, you know, revenue driver for myself. The community was just like a, like second like secondary because it wasn't like gonna pay my rent, you know. Right, right. So you were you were you were surviving. You were good with that. Of course, it's it's hard at the beginning. The first few months is pretty hard to you know you're you're putting all your resources and all your energy in, and you're not seeing any income yet. So what kept you moving? What what motivated you to keep on going and believe that you could do it? I 
never used money as a motivation for the community. The main motivation was like some people get really hyped up when they have like a PayPal email that says, oh, you've been paid like $5,000, $10,000. And like that's what gets them. Small. I got really excited when somebody was like, wow, because of online geniuses, I just got hired at my first job that paid me $120,000 a year. Or wow, I just found this vendor and it was great. Thanks to online geniuses. Or, you know, th- this is a great article that just saved me hundreds of hours of work problem solving so i think that's what was getting me off i'm like oh wow this is great like it's actually really helping people which is like in the core of my body is like hey how could i continuously help you know people right right all these people that you're helping throughout you know through your community and stuff how are they apporting right now to the business i mean is there any way how are the company generating revenue do you guys have like conferences or any any you know any additional beyond the community side of this business we do work with numerous companies on sponsorships and we do throw events like we have an event on the 27th in new york city with guilt and webmd it's an email marketing focused event somebody from word agents is going to be there it's going to be moderated by roy who's like the vp of sales at SendPulse. i don't know if you know them they do like ai based email marketing which is like pretty interesting so we work with companies because we have the audience and hopefully it's like a fit where everyone can benefit from that very cool i like that so was it easy for you i mean did you ever stop doing the the other things that you were doing before online genesis the the software the application the affiliate products did you ever stop doing that or are you still doing it so like the things that i don't have to do any work with it i'm not going to destroy So some of those, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, I'm going full in. Like, I'm going to unplug certain things that are not, like, letting me run. Obviously, like, I'm more focused now than ever solely on this just because of the growth that we've been having. But, yeah, for, like, some of the bigger projects, I definitely, like, pulled away from. Okay. Was it hard at the beginning, you know, at the time to do that, you know, okay, well, I got to refocus energy and go into online geniuses 100%. Was it hard or what were you thinking back then? So uh, do you, are you familiar with the burn the boat story? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. So that, that's actually what kept me through the hustle. So like I had a good income, but I wasn't able to just time and emotionally, like I just didn't have like what it took to really do go full force into both areas. So the burn the boats is basically, I'm probably going to miss say the story, but I hope you get the point. There's, two, there's a war and a bunch of boats pull up to an island. They get off. They realize that the defensive team, they have more people than them. They're outgunned. They have better technology. So they, the people that came to the shore were like, hey, we are going to lose this war. Like, we just came to their island and we are out everything. So the general says, okay, burn the boats. So now you don't have an option. You have to win. Either you win and we go home in their boats or you lose and you die. So... Like, that's the burn the boats. And, like, that's how you really have to think about it. You're like, people realize you have so much, they, they think that they have so much time. Like, oh, I'll do it next year, next year. And then you realize, how long ago were you in high school? How long ago were you uh, in junior high? Time flies by very fast. So the only way to really hustle is you have to make some drastic decisions. Like, burn those boats and be like, okay, I'll figure it out. Because if I have no choice, I'll figure it out. And I know a lot of people, because I meet with a lot of super successful people in, numer- in numerous industries that have done that. Just say, like, hey, I have to go full force. I have to quit what I'm doing right now because it's not possible for me to hit my goals while doing this. And there's a lot of things that you have to quit to get to your goals and that are going to make you feel extremely uncomfortable and anxious. 
For example, you want to lose weight. You got to cut out certain foods that you're used to eating every day. You know, you want to live a healthier lifestyle. You got to not smoke that cigarette that gets you up in the morning. You have to just keep on doing that and then you will progress into where you want to be. Yeah, that's that sounds amazing. That's actually how I position myself as well. I've always had the the tendencies, but you know, I just decided to quit and figure it out on my own, you know, just like your story that you share. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, you're doing a good job. Look at this. You have Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I, I decided to take this a hit and I'm, you know, never interviewed anybody before. So it's definitely a stepping out of my comfort zone, but I look forward. You know, it sounds very fun. I'm very excited. You know, I got the opportunity to meet you, so that's pretty cool. I really appreciate that. I think you're going to do a really good job. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. And, you know, looking back, for example, me, I mean, I, I had I had ups and downs. I bet you had to. But there's always that one moment where you feel like, you know, the the end, you know, the world was ending on you. And, you know, it was the 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 worst horrible that you never thought it could get any any worse than that. What was that look like for you? What was your worst entrepreneurial moment? I'll tell you something, that feeling you think will go away and no, it never goes away. As long as you're an entrepreneur, you'll always feel like that. Like, that's what people don't realize. Like, I'll hit a certain point. There's never a point. Like, there's always a point in your life that you're going you're gonna to feel like everything is the worst and this is the worst that's ever been. Right. And you have, to look, you have to look in the eye and, like, the best way to get past that is, like, I've been through this before. Look where I am now keep on moving forward you don't realize always you put you're putting there's no consistency when you're an entrepreneur so for example it's not just money that's what i'm trying to say like oh i'm not gonna be able to afford this and that there's times when everyone is having fun and you're working there's times that you work entrepreneurs work a tremendous amount of hours for free when somebody works at a grocery store they would leave at the end of the week and they get paid whatever it is entrepreneur you're trying to close a deal Right, even you, you're trying to get a really good speaker for your podcast. You might work 15, 20 hours with one person to lock them down with back and forth calls, and they, and then they, they might decide last minute they don't want to do it. Right? Right. Nobody paid you for that time. Now look at you again. We're doing this. Now you have to figure out how to get sponsors. So you're going to be working a lot of time for free when everyone else is working and getting paid. Yeah. Like that's something you have to look at, and a lot of times it'll be stressful. But as long as you don't have anything, you know, you don't have anything to go back on, you just got to continue. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're basically setting yourself for success or, you know, there is no other way. There's no plan B. There is only one way out. You got to do that. Listen, if you have the motivation, not everyone's direction in life to do this. A lot of people don't have what it takes and a lot of people have what it takes, but don't necessarily want it. They have other focuses in life. And yeah, that, I mean, that's what I was going to say. You know, there's a lot of, I mean, I can hear it in, in, in you, you know, have the, the passion that is driving you that it does. It's not, it's not the, the motivation is not coming through monetary or, you know, the funds of the company is coming because you love what you're doing. You're, you enjoy it. You do it for fun. So now you're looking at it. You you know, you do this for fun and top of that, you're getting paid, which is awesome. Yeah. Now that we're talking about you, your case, that the passion is driving you. What do you think is causing other people to quit and, and fail right before? You know, you heard this story that most people quit before their biggest success. And, you know, there's a there's a reason. Why do you think they, they fail and why do you think they quit before achieving that success? I don't know. I really can't speak for other people. I know that for me, I wanted to quit before a lot of my successes and like I, I would consider them mediocre successes but, but just before like hey just maybe one more email and follow up 
and see what they say. And I'm like, no, should I? And like, they actually respond positively. And like, we could work something out, right? So I, I don't know why. I, I, people, you know, it's, it's what you could handle. So, so you're, people are an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur. And then what's your option? What's your next option? You will die inside if you go work for someone after being an entrepreneur for a certain amount of years. Unless it's something that you're really passionate about and like it's part of a team and the culture's a fit. But if, you, if you're an entrepreneur running something and someone sticks you in a cubicle, you're going to probably have a really bad time. So when you, when you quit entrepreneurism... You're putting yourself just in a bad situation because what are you going to do? You're going to go get a job now, you're real, or you're you're going to take off, and now you're really going to be hungry. And if you didn't hit any success, you don't have any savings. I don't know. You know, that's that's probably one of the biggest things that people don't realize that you know it's it's hard and it's probably one of the hardest things. And you will will work for free for many hours, but you know what you get out of it—the feeling, the happiness, the freedom, if you want to call it, of doing what you love. There is no monetary reward, you know, it's something beyond the money and beyond anything you can think of. And going back to your story a little bit, what would you say that would be your greatest success moment as an entrepreneur that you're very, very proud of yourself for achieving? I don't think I can answer that yet because I don't know. I think it would have to wait like two years, two years, and I'll be like, okay, this is it. Right now, I don't think I've done anything yet that I would like give myself a big pat on the back. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just keep doing it, and hopefully soon you just look back and see like, hey, you know, this was the biggest thing I've ever done. Yeah, I hope the biggest thing I've done is not in the past; it's in the future. Yeah, I like that. If somebody asks you, or um, you know, anybody would would look into up for you. And they would ask you, what is your secret to success? What would you answer them? First of all, a lot of it is luck, which a lot of people don't say. But the question is how to get lucky. Right. For example, like Uber wasn't going to be, like if Uber was a year later, it would have not been Uber. There would have been another, like Lyft would have been the Uber, right? right? So how did they get so lucky that they ended up starting, you know, a year earlier or even maybe six months earlier? The big secret success is just continuously reading. Like if you just read, this is the rule, right? Read like two hours a day of what you're interested in being successful. If you can't stand reading two hours a day of what you want to be successful in, then you probably shouldn't be working in that industry. I believe like this is what I tell my friends. Like if you can't like wake up in the morning and the first thing you pick up is like, oh, you know, I'm interested in diamonds and like go re read the news about diamonds. If that pisses you off, then you're probably not going to be that successful in that industry. You have to be something that you're totally hyped about. I read a lot about marketing, communities, digital products, startups. Like I like to just read about it right, every day. And there's always time. I don't have enough time to read. You do. Trust me. If I follow you around for a day, I'll have a stopwatch. And I'll find you like three hours, four hours straight that you could have read. And that's, that might be too much, but like at least an hour a day, half hour in the morning, half hour at night, just to keep up to date. And when you keep on reading, you'll find where your place will be, or you'll find like opportunity. Also meeting people, whether it's digitally or whether it's in person, just continuously meeting people in that industry. Again, the same rule, if you can't meet enough people, if it really bothers you to meet people in your industry, you're probably in the wrong industry, right? They're not a fit for you. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you know, reading reading definitely helps a lot of every entrepreneur. You know, it teaches you, but it also motivates you to hear other people's point of views and interests and stuff. So I love that. Any favorite books that you want to mention? I wanted to mention like two, but I'm in the middle of reading them. So I don't want to give them shout outs until like I fully finish. So probably Adam Grant's Give and Take would probably be like 
um, something that I would recommend that I actually did finish. Essentially, what he talks about is like there's three types of people in this world. There's like the givers, the takers, and the matchers. Like that's Adam Grant's like main point that he tries to get across, and basically like how they essentially how the givers always end up on top. So like that's a really interesting book. Yeah, I would probably recommend that. Cool. All right. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, books, hearing the voice of other very successful people really help you to push beyond what you're doing and, and keep you going. And as far as other people, is there anybody in your life that is helping you, you know, emotionally and pushing you and just, just pushing you to be a better person, maybe a family member or somebody in your in your life that is is doing that for you? Yeah, definitely. You have to you have to stay and you have to I think you always have to have like that that feeling of people having your back. Yeah, for sure. Who would that be um, in your life? So, I have a girlfriend and I think that she has my back. I have a lot of really good friends, you know, that I always feel like I could count on. And there's always there's obviously for me, like there's also family, which I know some people don't have, some people don't have any of them, but Like that's that's very important, and I think that knowing that people have your back, I think is like um is very settling. If you're about to put yourself, put yourself in a, in a situation that might be like you know emotionally, financially, or physically hard, like being an entrepreneur. And I think it's very important to know that if you do, if things get really bad, you always have people that could rely on. Like get people that are totally unrelated to necessarily what you're doing, and and they're not consistent of whether or not you are successful or not or, or where you are in life or you know where you're living is just knowing that people are there right very cool yeah for sure i mean you know my my girlfriend in my case has been very important for me as well and i do have a family but more they're more into the get a job you know get get your college degree and go get a job so i had a difficulty there but yeah i mean for sure it's always good to have that feeling because just like we talked about you know sometimes Every day can be very, very tough emotionally. It's like a roller coaster up and down. So having that one person that is always going to believe in you and keep pushing you, it's definitely a good thing to have. Yeah, it's one. I think it's one of the most important things. I think it's like the most, like, I think it's one of the most important things is, you know, knowing that there's someone there no matter what. Cool. I love that. Just changing gears a little bit, just giving some advice to other people that might be hearing this and, and want to hear a little bit more about how you've been so successful and all the things you've achieved. What would you give an advice for everybody out there that's looking to either start or are struggling right now to grow their business? What would you say to them? It would probably matter of the industry because some industries are like, I don't know how to grow this type of business. But with mine, I think just persistence. Probably the best thing to do is like look at your competitor, seeing where your competition's doing, try to do it better than them. See, you know, there's a lot of tools out there to figure out like what your competitors are doing to be successful. Where are they getting their traffic from? What social networks are they killing it on? And and being like, okay, like let me write down my top five competitors, what they're doing, and then if you're just persistent and pushing up good quality work, you will, you know, probably be up to them. And I think consistency is key. A lot of self control, knowing that, like, yeah, I'll put in the late work. I'll put in the work during the holidays. I'll put in the work. When everyone's at the beach, or you know, just keep on doing it. And I think if you don't hit, it's okay. You'll get back up. You'll do something else. If you do hit even a little bit, like it's really hard to get something to work a little bit. So if you have something working a little bit, like you have a podcast, right? And you have it work a little bit because you have. It's not like you have an idea for a podcast. You have the mic. You have the computer. You know, you have the recording software, the editing software. You have the guests. You have the channel. So you have it, right? You have a little bit working. So just keep on pushing it and it'll end up working bigger. It's very hard to get a little bit. Like 
for every person there's doing a podcast, there's probably thousands of people thinking, I wish I did a podcast. And they just need that little push, like, oh, okay, cool. Like, now I have the mic, and now I have this. Like, you're already doing it, so you're just rolling. So that's why I say just keep on doing it, and it's it's okay. Um, I'm not a guru. I really don't know what works and what doesn't. I, I just know that if you have something working a little bit, just keep on pumping it. Realize what other people are doing. Try to emulate. Try to think of creative ways that people are not doing it. Try to get, like, for you, try to get guests that nobody else had, interesting stories, you know, and just you know, keep on hustling, keep on doing what you're doing. I love that. I mean, you know, that's exactly what we're doing here. And I think persistence is actually the key, you know, for everything. A lot of people quit and, and you know, quit before they start seeing success because they're, they don't have the patience or they just thought it was going to be an overnight success, like those stories out there, which never, you know, they, they don't exist, but they want to believe in it. And because they didn't go through that, you know, it's not possible. So that's, I think that persistence is probably key for everything you do. So Well, I just want to thank you very much, David. I, I had a blast talking to you and going over some of your hassle stories. I love them. I appreciate everything you do for the community. I look forward to sending you an email and hopefully join the community and see what it's about and, you know, just get to know more people and just keep, keep expanding, just keep getting more people and building more relationships. Just keep on doing it. If I can help you in any way, let me know. When I get the email, you'll be in the community and we can chat through there. Thanks for having me. And it's actually funny. It, This is like the first time we spoke that wasn't through text. Yeah. So you're really good. Only success. I really, really hope that you keep on doing what you're doing. You're motivated. And if I can help you in any way, please let me know. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, you're, you're very passionate. And, you know, I wish you the best of success as well. Hopefully we stay in touch and we keep chatting in there. And, you know, just grateful to have you here and for this opportunity, man. Sounds good to me. I'm looking forward. Sounds good. We'll talk to you soon. All right. So there you have it. David Markovich from onlinegeniuses.com a very successful slack community for online entrepreneurs and you've seen his story you've seen all the passion that he does driving him what's motivating him i want you to take all this and go and apply it to your business and keep pushing i know you can do it i believe in you and i hope you feel connected with david on today's episode and you apply the same passion that he's applying on his business towards yours as well so that you can achieve that level of success that you've always dreamed of and just like david said i mean that uncertainty that entrepreneurs feel you know we all feel it so don't let that stop you don't let fear stop you and i truly want to thank you for taking the time to watch and listen to our show today to episode one and i hope to join us on the next episode as we will have an amazing hustler story to share with you okay hustlers i'll talk to you soon Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Hustle Show audio experience. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And even if you didn't, make sure you subscribe to the podcast right now. It's still free. Visit thehustleshow.co for all the show notes and to watch the video experience of this episode. We'll see you soon.